0: Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: Alright, man. Dude, we're rocking and rolling through season three. It's hard to believe we're already twelve episodes in. Um Man, what's your thought process going through it? It's hard to believe that we've midway through February. We had our Valentine's Day episode last week. Like I'm telling you, man, it's just rolling a little too fast for me. What you thinking?
0: I don't know. It start I, it's very true what they say like the older you get, the faster time flies. Um for sure because I'm like, "Oh yeah." Bro, and I'm a little nervous
1: cuz <laughs> If that's true, man, being in our 20s already, I can't, man, I don't want to know what it's going to be like at 60. It's going to be waking up and going back to bed again, Well, I guess.
0: people are always like, yeah, you know, it's, it goes by fast. And I'm like, oh man, like, I feel like we just did our Valentine's Day episode last year. But you know, uh, time flies when you're having fun, man. And this Donut Box podcast is definitely the highlight of my week. I hope it's the highlight of our audience's week. So if you're listening, we are so glad to be bringing you this podcast uh we want to thank all of our listeners nationally and internationally uh, where we got listeners listening from
1: australia the uk all over i mean moscow russia we've got people over in africa um south africa as well um south america we've been getting some more traction in south america have we not
0: yes we have and you know what's actually funny about australia so this saturday there is a WWE event that's going to be in Australia and it's taking place at seven at night, their time. But you know what time it's airing our time that I have to wake up and watch it. It's going to be like 4am or
1: something. Yes.
0: It's, it's it's at 4am. I have to wake up like a little bit before 4am just to watch the WWE event. And I'm like, man, that's going to be an early morning. It's going to be a little bit different, but uh i'm i'm planning on waking up early and then going straight back to bed after it's over shout out to our aussie
1: uh aussie listeners in particular there but yeah man we're stateside
0: uh for sure florida georgia south carolina north carolina uh we've had a lot of listeners over uh on the east coast for sure definitely in the midwest uh detroit michigan chicago illinois nebraska kansas and we can't forget our home state of texas Um, Also out in California, in Washington, Oregon, Arizona. Gotta love all those places, man. Oh, and we can't forget Canada, man. Canada has been like a big one the past, I'd say, three months or so. So we thank all of our neighbors to the north.
1: Yeah, heck yeah, heck yeah. Well, man, let's get started. And uh, if you're new here, we appreciate you giving us a, a listen. Our first segment is the Old Fashioned Donut. Which is our first donut out of the box. A story from our past. So Chris, a story from our past. In this case, we're going to talk about a few characters. And uh, if you've listened to the podcast before, um, ROGs, they know all about all the crazy fun times we had at church and how we were always there. And uh, this was no exception. We've kind of talked about this before, but we'll get into it a little bit more. We did a homeless ministry where we cooked for them. Um, called the bridge ministry. Isn't that right, Chris?
0: Yeah, I want to, um, I want to pause real quick because actually, uh, the other day, Mike and I, we were just hanging out and just uh talking and we were like, Hey, I kind of wonder what, like this church, we call it few hope, um, but we wonder, like, what does it look like now? So we went on their Instagram page, man. Like, totally redone. It's like it's not even the same place. And I'm just thinking, like, wow, Can't even this is crazy. But um, now there are a lot of like uh ministries um like this now um a lot in a lot of cities. They're called like the Dream Center, which is based. The idea came out of the Dream Center, I think, in California. Um, but yeah, and, in Los Angeles. And, in Los Angeles. So like in 2000. Seven, I believe this is when the bridge ministry started and it was like pretty revolutionary, like the first of its kind. Now, of course, a lot of churches do have homeless ministries, but um, the thought process was to take church like to the homeless and to do it under one of the bridges um, in our, in our local city. And so providing a meal, providing clothes, but then also they would have church service outside. And so I remember the first Saturday that we ever did it. And Again, if you have grown up in the church world or if you've ever planted a church, a lot of times you do what's called church in a box where you just have everything that's mobile and you put it in a truck and then you unload it, set it up, and then tear it down. Um, and that's how it was every Saturday. And we did that. At first, it was every other week, but then it started becoming every Yeah, week. it became
1: every week. While we were doing it, though, it was every other week primarily. And um, the leader of the kitchen... Was a man named Stan. And he only had one eye. And uh, the other one was a prosthetic. And so every now and then he'd had to get his eye changed. And he would uh, change colors. That's a different story. But he was actually a really, really interesting cook, man. Um, I'll, something about it. Dude never used a measuring cup for anything. And you got to think about this. We're cooking for very large quantities. What we're talking about is... Uh, how many homeless people would show up, man? It was like... At its peak, three, 400
0: maybe? Or do you think it was around that number? Uh, probably not that much. I'd say probably at least 200 whenever it first started. I got you.
1: And so it was still cooking for a, a large number of people. And luckily, the, the church that we went to had an industrial kitchen. And so we cooked in there. And uh, But dude never used measuring cups or anything he would just you know whether the spice be paprika salt whatever he would just you know just about that much ought to do it and Holly was right on the money
0: this man had one eye and he was eyeballing everything with his one eye
1: (laughs) yeah he was literally eyeballing it you're you're absolutely (laughs) that's great um but yeah so apparently and he was big on telling this story as well um Or he got a lot of his cooking fame. And I, you know, it was at this, he used to work at this place called Sconyers Barbecue. Now, if you're from the Augusta area or been to the Augusta area, this is like a, I guess, a pretty prominent barbecue place, right? Like, I mean, I've seen it featured in magazines, on TV. It was like, if you turn on the local news, they would talk about, you know, it's being featured in something else. I remember going once. And I wasn't too impressed. Had you ever been to Sconyers?
0: Yeah, I've been to Sconyers. and let me just uh, sidebar. Um, Texas barbecue is way different. It's a lot of like beef and all that good stuff. Georgia, it's it's pork. And all I have to say is Texas barbecue is the best. Um, but when you when you don't know any better, when you don't know what what gourmet take, tastes like, you'll settle for the Taco Bell. Is all I. Yeah, mean. I guess
1: I guess that's very true. So. But uh he was working at the sconders barbecue, and they actually catered to the president uh it was truman and uh, actually catered to him and so that was like his big claim to whatever he was um he was real young, apparently like super super young, and
0: they catered now I have to ask you, was this before or after he was homeless and living outside? Julian Smith Casino. I don't
1: know. And by the way, I want to break off and say something too. This isn't what fries my donuts, but there's this place called Julian Smith Casino. I think we talked about this the very first time we talked about him too. But there was this place in Augusta called Julian Smith Casino. It is not a casino. I don't know why they call it a casino, but it's it's like a banquet hall or like an event center. So I really don't know why they call it a casino. Um, but anyways, yeah, I, I don't know the time period in which this was that he cooked for the president, um, but apparently he wasn't even officially like working for the place because. So this is where we should bring in his his brother here. He had his brother working with us, and his name was Steve. And uh, Steve would always try to counteract this story of oh yeah if you cook for the president where's the pictures and the story then became oh well there's no pictures because I was getting paid under the table and I wasn't even supposed to be working. So it's all up for speculation.
0: Maybe the homeless period was during that. Maybe he was homeless during that. Maybe that's why he was getting paid under the table. Yeah, again. maybe
1: that's what it is. Maybe we pieced it together. Maybe it was simultaneous there. Um, something else that was interesting about one eye stand, he did not like the restaurant chain. And I actually saw this a few weeks ago. Do you know Ruby Tuesday was closing? Like they're they've went bankrupt and they're closing all their
0: restaurants. Oh really? The last time I saw a the last time I saw Ruby Tuesday was in the Orlando airport. So I, I didn't know they still. Yeah. Existed. Well, apparently
1: the few of them that are left, uh, they're closing. And, uh, but back in the day, there was a place called Ruby's Tuesday and it was real prominent and man, did he hate it, but his wife absolutely loved it. So if he ever made us mad, we just call his wife up and be like, yeah, Stan said he wants to go to Ruby Tuesday tonight.
0: And Oh, did he? And yeah, it was great. Hold on. Can I, I know, I know we keep taking rabbit trails, but I, Stan also knew a lot of what was going on in my personal life at home, and the only reason why he knew that is because my mom had this friend um, named, well, I guess she thought it was her friend, but it was her Bible story friend named Doreen, and I guess my mom confided like a lot of stuff like that was going on, like just, you know, how, you know, like things happen in marriage and all that good stuff. Well, I guess Doreen was a big blabbermouth and she always told Stan's wife and Stan's wife always told uh, Stan. And so Stan would always come up to me and be like, hey, buddy, are you doing OK? I, I heard what's happening at home.
1: Wait, hold on. No, 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 no. I didn't know about this. OK, hold on. We're divulging. Even even Mike is finding out on the podcast about this. Hold on. I had no clue about that. Oh Doreen, blabbermouth,
0: huh? Yeah, Stan knew a lot about my uh home life just because uh, Doreen was a blabbermouth and blab to to Stan's wife and then Stan would just be like, Hey, like if you ever want to talk, I'm here and I'm like, What do you know? And he'd be like, Oh yeah, I know you're I know uh I know things aren't going so great at home and I'm like, Oh, okay
1: <laughs> Yeah, I remember there was uh there was another time when I had my first girlfriend and I don't I don't remember what happened. I think I was like texting her or I called her or no 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 that's what happened that we were in the middle of cooking and she called me and she was like she was like, hey baby something, something, something. And I came back in there and I remember Stan like he, he like looked at me dead in the eyes and he goes, We need to talk about that. And I was like, talk about what? He goes, You're too young for love. <laughs> he came in his whole talk about how I was too young for love and I didn't know what it meant yet, and it's just like you don't need to be calling nobody baby. The only thing you need to be focused on is your schoolwork and Jesus.
0: But he, but here's the thing, man. So I don't know if you remember this, and maybe I'm making this up. Maybe I'm having a Mandela effect. But we would we would always pray on Saturdays before like the food would go out, right? And so I remember like standing in the circle, like the leader of the Bridge Ministry. But if you stood next to Stan or Steve, they would just like keep like goofing around during prayer yeah oh no they would pester you they would like they would like uh, they would like try to squeeze your hand really hard or they would try to get to get you to laugh and so you never wanted to stand next to either one of those two because they were always trying to make you laugh during prayer and then you'd get in trouble you would
1: always get in trouble or they would say comments like i remember um they would say comments like really under their breath and if, if people that know me, even now, I cannot say things under my breath. My voice is just loud. People hear what I say. So I remember there was one time to where after prayer, um, I don't remember which one of them said They would always say, well, that was a great nap. Because uh, the guy that would pray, the leader of the thing, he would just drone on for a little bit. And so they would say, oh, well, that's a great nap. And I said that one time, bro, I got in so much trouble. They heard what I said, even the the main guy, and he was just like, well, if I need to shorten up my prayer, maybe you have something wrong with your spirit. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> it was a, it was a whole moment. It was a whole, bro. We got to, we got to sidetrack one more time. Did we tell them about the last time about this particular leader and the donut incident? Like, I mean, it's called it. A...
0: Oh yeah. 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 This is a, uh, it. I, we told about that in the Smoking Pastor episode. Yeah, which is, we I did think, when we highlighted all of it. Yeah, or episode six. No, it's episode six of... Uh, the very first season. One.
1: The very first season. So you can go back and listen to that. But yeah, man, uh, pretty, pretty crazy stuff. Um, something else I remember, there was another character there. Um, his name was Eric. And Eric, he was from uh, St. Kitts, I believe, in... Um, in the caribbean so he had a really really thick accent i'll be honest with you did you understand him part of the time dude
0: sometimes i would just have to nod my head and be like oh okay and then i'd have to ask him to repeat himself like a few times just because his accent was so thick sometimes i didn't understand what like he was saying to me i really i would i would really try but then there'd just be a point where like oh okay and then I would go back and ask, like, Stan. Like, what, what did he say? say?
1: No, he was a really nice... But Stan could understand you know, him. Yeah, Stan could understand him. Great. I have no no clue why, but, um, but you know, they were all good buds. And um, Eric's job, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit. Um, so there was two days where you would have to volunteer. It was either Thursday or Saturday. And Thursdays, I like Thursdays. We didn't get to do it too often because, of course, school. Uh, but Thursdays, it was like... Thursday at, like, 9 a.m. to noon, and it was prep day where you'd cut all the stuff up and, like, prep for the Saturday to come. Saturday, you would cook it all, and we would load it up in um, the Planet Dope truck. No, I'm joking. Um, (laughs) It was a big green truck, and basically what they did was they took refrigerators and, um, like, fitted it to where you can put pretty much the shelves with the pans of food all in there, and then it locked, and then they would drive it down there. Um, So, of course, Thursdays was always a lot less of a hectic time where you're just prepping and stuff like that. Always had a good time. Eric was always in charge of the gravy, and I don't know what he did to that gravy, but the gravy was always really good. But I'll tell you this much. He would prepare it on thursday and saturday would roll around he would take that pot of gravy and you gotta think it's a big you know big stock pot right the top of it was just white and you would have to almost like chip at it it was a big block of like fat at the top and basically you had to take that whole big white blob of yeah have you ever seen that before when there's just like all the fat accumulated on top of there or do you remember that i tell you what that gravy was good but it There was a lot of fat in that, I'm telling you. So, it was very interesting stuff. Last thing I'm going to say about it, bro. Homeless people are picky sometimes. You wouldn't think they'd be picky in what they eat, but they picky sometimes. So, we got all of our food donated to us. And what we got donated a lot of was carrots.
0: Chris, homeless people didn't like carrots, did they? No, they did not. But I, I have noticed that when it's like, hey... I'm going to buy you, a, like, I'll, hey, I'll buy you a meal. And, they, and then they're like, oh, yeah, make sure you get this, this, and this. And I'll be like, oh. It's like that specific.
1: But um, we full on, you know, because we have all these carrots, what are we going to do with them? We would literally steam them, mash them up, and put brown sugar, sugar and, like, that syrup and then, like, marshmallows on top and bake it and serve it like it was sweet potatoes. And they didn't know any any different. And they would eat the sweet potatoes. So that was That was interesting. We had a lot of carrots, so we did a lot of quote-unquote sweet potatoes.
0: One of these days, we actually need to talk about, like, actual services uh, being down there at the Bridge Ministry, because that in and of itself was was very different as well. Um, But you you know what's crazy? Um, Oh, the things that you see. So not in, like, the main kitchen, but in the warehouse where they kept all, like, the food and— All that stuff. That was the first time I ever tried Tab. Do you remember Tab? Oh, it was disgusting. Yeah. It was disgusting. Because they had like all they had to drink down there was Tab. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm gonna drink this. Oh, it was disgusting. And I don't
1: know how old that was because at this point Tab had been out of business for a while, had it not? Like I mean it wasn't I thought Tab went out of business in like the early two no, thousands.
0: It was like two thousand six, two thousand seven. So was, I think it was still around. Yeah,
1: it was all I know is it was gross and disgusting and yeah. Um, interesting times, man. Well, are you ready to move on to our next segment? That's all
0: yeah that's all we're gonna say about one eyed stand, I guess. Well, we can come back
1: and talk more about one eyed stand. What else did you wanna say about one eyed stand? There's a lot we could talk about with one eyed stand. Oh uh, no, we can we can move on. We can move on. Okay. Cool stuff. Well, this week we're going to do it a little bit different. Normally, our next segment would be the Jelly Donut or the Gel Report. And the following segment would be the Donut Hole. You know what? We ordered a different box this week. Okay? We're doing two Donut Holes in a row. So, a little bit different. So, first things first, man. We got to talk about this football season, NFL-wise, and our picks that we made at the beginning of the season and how true they became. You ready to do this?
0: Oh, yeah, my Jacksonville Jaguars picked Dark Horse. I didn't come true. No, they did
1: not. They didn't even make the playoffs, my man. But, hey, that's okay. So, let's talk about it. So, uh, at the beginning of the season, Chris and I chose, if you remember, um, the AFC Championship game, like the two teams that were going to be in it, and then the NFC Championship game, and then the Super Bowl, and the winners of those. And then we picked a couple Dark Horses of teams uh, that did not make the playoffs previous the previous year and we said they would this year and we're gonna find out how right we were so Chris
0: yeah I'm ready I don't remember anything I said so I hope you recorded it oh I did I
1: did uh, luckily we have a podcast that we recorded it back then I just listened back um so what happened AFC championship wise you said the Chiefs versus Jacksonville okay I said the Chiefs versus the Cincinnati Bengals. In reality, it was the Chiefs versus the Baltimore Ravens. So we were right on one front there. Who would have saw that? Yeah, who would have thunk? Uh, NFC Championship game. You said the Niners versus the Minnesota Vikings, and the Niners being the San Francisco 49ers, versus the Minnesota Vikings. Eh, Vikings didn't do so hot, but that's okay. You got the Niners, right? Um, I was right about the 49ers. And then for me, I said Niners versus Eagles. That didn't work out. But we got the Niners. Hey, we
0: picked both of the Super Bowl teams, though, to be like in the final four. So yes, we did. That's good. We picked
1: both Super Bowl
0: teams, and Chris,
1: you actually picked the Chiefs, and I picked the Niners. So you actually got it all the way right, uh, as far as like the Super Bowl, who was going to the Super Bowl, and who won. So congrats to you, man. But we picked. Oh, oh! Did I say? Did I say who was going to be in the Super Bowl? Yeah, you said who was gonna be in the super like by saying who won those games, basically that said who was gonna be in the Super Bowl, and then you said which team was gonna win and you said the Chiefs and I said the Niners.
0: Oh wow. Hey, that gift of prophecy, man. I should have bet some money. I don't I'm just know. Kidding. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> I know, right? So, um, on to the last part of this, man. So remember we made these dark horse picks, and Chris, you were kinda of like, Man, I don't really know. Um but it was about teams that did not make the playoffs the year before and you know did this next year. So my choices were Denver and Detroit. Now, Denver, they didn't make the playoffs. So, it didn't didn't happen. Detroit, uh, I don't know if you heard man, but Detroit was in the NFC championship. I didn't say who was in the NFC championship, but it was actually the 49ers versus the Detroit Lions, so the Lions were one game away from the Super Bowl.
0: Oh, yeah. I heard they were actually pretty good this year. NFL script writers, I would have been a lot more
1: entertained if it was Detroit versus the Chiefs, actually. Or if um, the Browns were in for a little bit, they were in the first round of the playoffs, they would have made it all the way. Could you imagine a Browns or like a Cleveland Browns Detroit Lions Super Bowl? That'd be insane.
0: What did I say? I forgot. I said the Jacksonville Jaguars. (laughs) I know. That's all I said. Uh, For
1: you, you said the. You said the Ra- the Rams and the Raiders. You said the Rams and the Raiders were going to get in and neither one of them did. So
0: Oh, neither one. Okay, I I'm I'm not trying to like I'm not trying to hijack your donut hole or be the conspiracy theorist, man. But please you just have to you have to at least think that Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey getting together is no accident and that the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl. And winning the Super Bowl is no accident.
1: Chris, I was about to go on a whole in, improv what fries my donuts on this because that was that was the next part of this. You know, this season was incredibly boring. I'll tell you that much. You know why? The moment they started dating, we, we knew. We knew who was going to go to the Super Bowl. We know as long as the Swifties held on, they were going to go to the Super Bowl, right? If it ever started losing the NFL money, they would have broke up. There's a lot of money at play, man. That and my thing is, you think them getting together in the season and all this other stuff, it happened to coincide when she's on her biggest tour, like biggest comeback tour. Yeah, right. Come
0: on. But here here's the thing too. I heard that she just recently um did a whole clothing line for the Chiefs. That's like a Taylor Swift Chiefs collaboration. So if they're like Jessica Simpson never did that for the Cowboys. So like if they because they're just dating they're not married so like what happens if they break up like it it just doesn't make sense to me that it's not scripted it's it's incredibly
1: and there's a lot of come on in my opinion they're being paid off like that's what it looks like to me it looks like they've been paid large sums of money to you know pretty much date publicly because i mean there's a lot of money in it Again, the NFL has made so much money off of Chiefs stuff this year. It's not even funny. And now that they have won the Super Bowl, oh my God! Like they're they're making all sorts of money.
0: But let me let me just be an advocate. I'll be an advocate just to play both sides, just to just to, so we can put ourselves in the other people's shoes. So what if, what about the people like oh you're just jealous, you're just being a hater. She's just being supportive and you are you're sending out the message to young girls listen here's
1: here's the problem that i have with this here's the problem that i have with this it's not her it's not whatever it's the fact that it's oversensationalized like this has been something that has been drug out and drug on for this whole this whole entire season never before have we seen like i've seen stats this year of the chiefs are 8 and 3 when taylor swift's at the game that doesn't matter like those things don't matter and they shouldn't because they're matter.
0: not doing that for like Simone Biles, who who like I I think she's no who is also
1: married to a player. She's married to a player. Like yes, they will show her on the sideline every now and then. And you know, here's another thing. I don't care if you if you have money, if you have a partnership with the NFL, I don't care. But where it becomes a problem is when Taylor is shoved down your throat. That's the problem that I have is you can't watch a football game without her being shown in a box every two seconds. We don't do that for anybody else.
0: Yeah, but most most sports like they just do a quick like, hey, like uh, will Ferrell's here at the game or hey, Denzel's here and at it's the game. multiple like, and it's multiple
1: celebrities like it'll be like, here's who's at the game. You know Will Ferrell, LeBron James. They'll go through like multiple people and say like, okay, and they'll do like their little quick wave, right? And they'll have their little thing. But what happens is it's the broadcast is like the football game and Taylor, like it's it's a mix of both. That's what the broadcast has become, and that's just not.
0: Yeah, it's almost detracting from the actual sport, it, and it's like she is part of the entertainment piece. So like, if you are go if you're going to do that, like. I'm I'm cool, but please don't try to make me believe that this is all real. Like just just tell me that it's fake. tell me that it's scripted and then I can believe it. I I watch I watch wrestling. like I can believe it. And I'm a
1: little bit on the opposite front. Ignorance is bliss, man. Like my thing is, is it scripted? Absolutely. But this is way too obvious. Don't make it obvious. make me you know what? make it seem as fake as possible, right? like or not as fake as possible as real as possible for me. Don't let me know that it's fake. Like, obviously, I know that it's fake. And you know what the proof is? I was, you know, listening to this, the episode back, right? And, you know, it's amazing that we chose exactly who was going to be in the Super Bowl. Like, we chose exactly who it was going to be. Why? Because it was that predictable. Like, you're not even a, a hardcore watcher of what is going on. And you know who, and you knew who was going to be in the Super Bowl, who was going to win it. That's, that's how predictable we've gotten. And... For those out there that's like, oh no, the NFL is not rigged. Listen, it's classified under entertainment as and not a sport. So, and guess what else is? Just just like WWE, it's entertainment, man. There's too much. The NFL has already said there's too much money out there to not to control some of the variables. It's all controlled, man. It's all controlled. They they know who they want to win. And the moment that Taylor Swift entered into it, that's the part that we didn't predict about this season, Chris. We predicted the Super Bowl, but we didn't predict that Taylor Swift was going to be so far involved. <laughs> that's what we didn't
0: predict. Oh, yeah, we didn't know that we you would watch more of Taylor Swift than you would the, the – And, you know, a lot, of, a lot of
1: people are actually mad at Taylor Swift. Personally, I'm not mad at Taylor Swift because I'm sure there's a big check at this. And if she's actually in a good relationship with Homie – that's fine, too. My main problem is it's the media that I'm having issues with that are pumping this thing out so daggum much. It's one thing to, you know, again, like we talked about with the whole Jessica Simpson thing, pan like, guess who's at the game? Oh, look, it's Taylor Swift for Travis Kelsey. Once. Once. And then when you're watching ESPN later, it's not like, oh, the Chiefs are 8-3 and three when Taylor's been at the game. Or, oh, here's these top 10 highlights with um and how they correlate to taylor swift songs like this highlight would be this song of taylor swift it's like bro we're relating football plays to taylor swift songs what in the heck is going on at the
0: end of the day and then we we can get off this at the end of the day it's lazy journalism because that stuff is just right there in their lap and it's easy for them to do rather than to go and hunt for a good sports story so i think that's Part of what it is too. Yeah, I think that's what
1: it is too. Um but there you know, I there's a lot of lazy journalism that's been going on for a long time. But we can get off of that. But yeah, man, um you know what we can actually do since we took up a good bit of that, man. How would you like to jump right into what fries my donuts?
0: Sure. I'm already on a already on a grind right now. So, l- sure. Yeah, that's what
1: I'm saying. We're already a little fired up. We already got the you know, the burner's going, we might as well just jump right into what fries my donuts. So, Chris, what's up, man? What fries my This up? is
0: not my topic, but I'm going to make this one brief statement, and then I'll get into what really fries my donuts. What? Well, uh, so, uh, I, I don't like people that are just like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to start a podcast all willy-nilly, and I'm going to be successful <laughs> at it. Yeah. yeah, it's easy. You All you got to do is just put on a microphone and record, and it's like, nah, my man, it's not that easy. Uh, but that's, uh, what really fries my donuts is when, um, and this is primarily like in a job setting when, um, uh, uh, how, how can I say this? When leadership wants to say we, when they really mean you, you know what I mean? When they're like, oh yeah, we're going to do this and we're going to execute this and blah, 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 blah. But what they really mean is you're going to do all this extra work and you're going to execute this. Yeah, we need to be willing to to stay late and come in early and stay late and, and do all this and sacrifice our families, but when it comes to the work, where are these people at? They really mean you. So I don't, and when they're all like, yeah, we're a family, we need to be building community. Yes, that's true, especially in the job that I work in, but in other places, I'm like, yeah, bro, whenever they say we're a family at the job, That's always the number one red flag. It's always the red
1: flag that they're going to try to use and abuse and make you do too much. It's kind of like that intro we did that one time um, talking about how bosses and people react when you take time off at those toxic environments to where it's it's really (laughs) passive-aggressive, where you get those real passive-aggressive comments, too. And it's just like, well, Chris decided to go to Cancun for three days while we're in the middle of doing our inventory. It's like, but I planned this trip six months ago. It's like, well, it's good to see that your trip and your family is more important than your work family who will have to pick up your slack while you're gone. It's like,
0: oh, okay. Yep. And it's wow. like it's like, no, like my family is my family. Like at the end of the day, man, no job is worth sacrificing your family point blank period. Um, I don't care what, because I mean, here's the thing, man, like you're you're at the end of the day, like your family's all you got left, like jobs come and go and all that good stuff. And you want to do a good job, right? Like you want to put your best foot forward, but at the same time, man, like your family comes first or it's like, it's like a, Hey, we're going to do this and we're going to, and we've talked about this before when they want to take credit for, um, a job well done and be like, yeah, we really did great. And it's like, you weren't here to do any of the work. But then when you're messing up, it's like, yeah, we really messed up. You guys really messed up. But other than that, 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 that. And it's like, that's not good. It's only it's shit. only
1: when it's good for them. Um and you know, this is a different tangent a little bit too. But something else that fries my donuts is are those people that have just like I haven't taken a day off forty seven years or, you know, I haven't it's like, you know, they're sitting over here, or the boss is just like, listen, I haven't had a Christmas with my family. I haven't had this in 17 years. It's just like, that's on you, man. Like, I don't understand why that's a badge of honor. Um, you really want to miss that many Christmases and Thanksgivings? Like, and, you know, a lot of the times, even if you get down to it, those people, it's a badge of honor. It's a number of like, yeah, I, I work so hard. that. But Chris is right. Family is all you got. And so next thing that happens is... What happens when that job's gone and your family's gone too? It's like then what? It what aggravates me is it's just like that's not a badge of honor. That's not a good thing, you know. It's not. But they'll act like that's like the best thing ever. Like oh man, look what I've done.
0: The um, I saw a report that said like a lot of the older or like bosses, which is like mostly boomers and Gen X that are like in the boss big management position, They were saying that like. The younger generations are the most <clears throat> difficult to work with because they're quote-unquote lazy. And I saw someone said, it's like, we're not lazy. We're just not going to work, do more work than what we're paid for. Like, we're having standards, and we're not going to, like, like kill ourselves at this job and s- sell our souls and sacrifice everything just to get paid like crappy. And they were saying they were saying like, yeah, these younger generations get so offended. And he was saying like, he was like, he was like, no, he was like, actually the older generations are more offended. He was like, you want to see offended? He's like, go in there and ask your boss for a raise or talk about pay. See how quickly offended they get. And I was like, you know what? Like he's got some points, man. Yeah.
1: Well, and the other thing too, and it goes back to the original point is just, bosses in general in, in jobs like that, what the whole entire point and what a lot of these people from the older generations think, because this is what they saw is I get to a certain position. I get to delegate everything off to other people. And those are going to be the younger people, right? The people that we just got. And so what ends up happening They're expected to have the old school treatment of like, okay, the bottom tiers are going to pick up all the load and the further up I go, the less work is going to happen. And that's not the way that it works anymore either.
0: All I'm saying is if you're like in leadership and you are you are saying, hey, like we're going to we're going to do this and we're be ready to put in all these hours and do all this hard work. Now, now I get it. There are some seasons where it's just like, hey, you know, it's going to be a tough season and you're going to have to grind through. But if you're trying to push that 24/7 365, you better be in the trenches with your team. With your folks, yeah. And working even working even harder than you're asking your team to work hard cuz that's I mean that's what a true leader is, man. Like
1: or true... do or do your job to advocate for them, to get them what they need to work more efficiently as well. Like show show them that you care enough to be alongside them and also to advocate for them. Avocation is big as well. Like working alongside them is great, but if they have an advocate, it's even it's even better too.
0: Yep, yep. And as a, like again, as a leader, like your team will only follow you as as far as you're willing to to go and um you know, again, like if if you if you do things and you help them and you are making their jobs easier then... You know they'll respect you. So ultimately, as a leader, your job is to make your team's job easier. Whether that's giving them resources, finding ways, what have you. So again, uh, that's all I got to say about. Yeah, heck yeah, man.
1: Well, we can move on to our next segment, which is the mystery donor or our improv segment.
0: And Chris, we got a game this week. Oh, I love games. You know, as a kids pastor, I love games. Yeah, heck
1: yeah. Um, so the game that we're going to play this week is the ABC game. Um, so basically what's going to happen is we're going to tell a story and it is all the way through the alphabet. So Chris will have to start with A or I'll have to start with A and we'll go B, C and we'll just keep on going from there. So Chris, do you want to start it or do you want me to start it? We got to pick a subject, or What's? Our, right? what's a,
0: yeah, I was like, what's our subject? You can just
1: start with random, I don't know. Do you have one on top of your head? I can think of one.
0: Um, at a, at a, at wedding. a wedding. Okay. We run with it. All right, let's do it. A week ago, I was told about this wedding. But seriously, just a week ago? Can you not tell because I don't have my tux here? Definitely not. I can't tell. I Easily, they could have sent the invitations out about two months ago. For
1: sure, but I think they did it a lot later than they needed to.
0: Great, here comes the bridesmaid. You know how you know how she is. <sighs> I absolutely hate them. What is it? Do you start with I or did you start with H? I, start,
1: I started with H because I said ha. Does ha not count as a word?
0: I can do something else. I can't believe that she thought it was a good idea to be wearing white too. Is she trying to upstage the bride? Just look at this one
1: over here with the shirt that, uh, with the, uh, with the Dixie chick shirt over here.
0: She thinks that appropriate for a wedding? Kill me now. Jessica is trying to come over here and talk to me. You know how bad her breasts... Let me, let me go to the bathroom. I ain't trying to deal with all this. May I, may I grab you a piece of No, cake? no, no.
1: You know I'm trying to stay on a diet.
0: Oh, boy. A diet? A diet's
1: no good for anybody. Purposefully telling me that is not going to make me stop. Quit thinking about your diet for a second, man. We're at a wedding. Ridiculous. Ridiculous, ridiculous. I'm going to do this diet... You're not gonna tell me anything. Set aside the
0: diet just for one day, it won't kill you.
1: Temptation, temptation, Christopher.
0: Why are you always trying to tempt me? You're supposed to be the good one here, the clergyman. Unless you want to go through the rest of your life being a boring guy, just live a little bit. Verily,
1: verily, I say unto ye, Christopher, I am sticking to this diet, so don't pester me. What's with using the King James speech? (laughs) (laughs) X-ray. On my arm, because I think I just broke it. You
0: could, uh, you could use that as an excuse to get out of this horrible way. Zoinks,
1: you're right. I shall do that for myself. Let's get out of
0: here. Alright, that was our uh, ABC game. I I apparently don't know my alphabet. Uh, I'm gonna have to to pull a mic and pull it up on, pull it up on the phone. It's hard, because you're like, when you're oh doing boy. every other one, I'm like, which one comes I'll be honest
1: with you, I do have it pulled up in front of me right
0: now. <laughs> yeah, I knew you had it pulled up. I knew you had it pulled Listen, up. Listen, man, I have to sing the whole
1: song. Like it's weird. I know I know the song and I, I have to sing the whole song. Anyways, it's it's a thing.
0: I know we say this I know we say this every time we play it, but whenever they ask you to like whatever they're trying to do, like see if you've been drinking or not, when they try to tell you to recite the alphabet backwards, I'm like, even sober people can't do that, like that's kind of a bad test. That was something too, and I think I
1: said this the last time too. They'll do that with concussion tests too. Like I remember, they did gave me a concussion test to like count backwards from a hundred by seven, and I was like ninety three, and then I like had to think about it. I'm like, I swear I don't have a concussion. I'm just having to do the math in my head, right? Quick. That's <laughs> just it's just not something that I normally
0: do. Remember when? Remember whenever you uh, we we were in that accident and uh and whenever the ambulance came they asked you like the concussion t- like tell me your name and then they were like they were like who's the president of the united states and like you told them it was joe biden and like in my head i was like oh yeah donald trump and i was like oh wait it is joe biden i was like i would have failed it's like it's like maybe we should check you out for a concussion my man <laughs> to be fair joe biden had just recently become president and Dude, it, like you. it had been 6 months or so so
1: to be fair not even not even. it's a little less than that. Anyways. Um, but yeah, man. So, pretty crazy stuff. Gotta love that game. But yeah, man. We can move into our next segment, which is our Eclair segment. Which is our positive advice to impart to you for this week. And I'll go first since you went first last week, Chris. It's okay to take a shift down um, at a lower energy and a lower pace if you don't have the energy. So often we get really caught up in... This kind of monotony of, hey, I need to do these tasks. Um, And what I mean by that is laundry, dishes, those things that happen frequently and reoccurring. Or even the big project at work. Or even the monthly report that you normally can get done with in a day. Okay? If you get up and you don't have the energy, do what you have the energy to do. You don't have to, just because you normally get something done in one sitting... Why can't you get 75% of that done and get up and take a break this time, right? Or take some time for yourself or say, you know what? I'm going to take the time now and I'm going to do this thing that normally takes me an hour, two hours, a different time. Rearrange your schedule. It's okay to be flexible. But so often we get it to where it's like, no, I normally do it here. We almost get into a routine of no, I normally do things this time. Or, no, I always do this in one sitting. It doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Life is dynamic. You can pick, how, pick and choose where you want to go. We don't have to be in such
0: a regimented mode. For sure, man. For sure. Mine is a little bit different. Um, it's about the power of asking questions, right? And so asking questions are always a good thing. It helps us get to know people. Um, a lot of times, whenever we're in conversations, you know, we tend to make the conversation a lot about us. But I found that if you ask a lot of good questions, it helps you get to know people better. And then asking like follow up questions, um, especially if someone's like, I don't know, um, those can always help too. And I've found that like asking questions um, can be a little uh, like a part of like disarming like a tough situation, um, especially if you're having to deal with a difficult situation. And you can just be like, Hey, like, so what happened the other day? Like, can you tell me your side and like what you were thinking or why did you do it this way? Um, and I found that asking questions a lot of time takes takes like the miscommunication out of things, um, and ca- takes the assumption. Yeah, out it of takes things. the assumption out of things too. And so, uh, asking good questions is always great. And you know, I do this a lot with um, like ministry coaching. And so, usually when I like when I'm doing ministry coaching, like I will get the person to tell me like what they kind of want to get out of it but I just do that by asking questions. And so like when you ask questions, you kind of help them come to the answer like on their own. And so it's just about the power of knowing which questions to ask. And so a lot of times they like come to the realization of something on their own, but it just took you asking them those questions to come to that point. So asking questions can be a very powerful thing. And once you learn how to ask the right questions, um, it, it will help you in every area. Well,
1: it's been a fantastic episode, but unfortunately it looks like we don't have any more donuts in the box. So we'll uh, wrap it up here, man. We've got some excited things going on on our socials on YouTube. Um, you know, got some plain shorts. If you're into that, got some other plain videos on our YouTube. Come find us over there at trash can network over at trash can network. That's also on Facebook and Instagram. Same thing. And go find us over there. Um, We'll be posting some more and having some good things there. We also got some more very fun, interesting things to come. Um, Like more full flight videos, things like that. So all that to come.
0: What I have learned is that there is a whole community that loves planes just as much as Micah. I, I thought Micah was like a handful of people that loved planes that much. But apparently there is a whole community that, like, want to watch these videos, and, you know, I'm all for it. I just didn't know that community was uh, was so big. Yeah,
1: and um, heck, yeah. And if any of that community is out there, shout out to my geeks. I see you. All right, guys.
0: Well. You're weird. I don't understand it, but you know what? I, I'm not it. you know, different strokes for different folks is all I got to say. Yeah, heck, yeah.
1: I'm ready to take this box out to the trash. How about you? Let's do it, brother. I'm Chris.
0: And I like it. And this is the Tilda Fox Podcast.